Welcome back to our series, That Part, Intimacy and MS. This is part two of our Sex Therapy Roundtable, featuring Carlos Kareem Wyndham, Rosani Christie, and Carrie Donald. And this is just another gentle reminder that some of the content moving forward may be explicit and not suitable for little ears. So enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to season three of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We're just two black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron through our Patreon. Patrons can gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, chances to join us on the Myelin and Melanin party line, and more. We'd like to thank our music producer, Shah Severe, for providing our podcast music over the years. You can find him on Instagram at shah.severe, and you can also find him on YouTube. Welcome back, Rosani, Carlos, and Carrie. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> We're happy to continue this conversation and from the from the last one we had from round 1 it seemed like we had a few cliffhangers um so it's 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 important that we kind of dive in. Yes. So um let me just get started by saying knowing that we battle between this world of asexuality, you know, uh people looking at those of us who have disabilities as asexual beings. We've said this before, but knowing that we live in between two worlds, asexuality and living in an over-sexualized society, how do you view yourself as a sexual being? And anyone can dive in. Hmm. I right. guess I'm sexy as fuck is really what it is. <laughs> um, Carlos, Carlos, you're doing other people a favor, right? You know, you know. I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, yeah. I mean, for real. I don't think we live in a in a in a. I think that there's a period of myth that we live in a highly sexualized society. I don't think we do. Really? Uh, I think no. I think we live in a sexually repressed society, and that's why you could show a booby on TV and sell gum. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that don't make no sense. Yeah. Th- those heteronormative uh uh white supremacist uh images mm-hmm. that they sell us of what sexuality is even trying to regurgitate and sell back our own mm-hmm. right yeah for me um I, I i that weird you know completely uh shaved like some some uh uh ground mole uh pink uh faux sex that they mm-hmm. offer continuously uh is not there there is not sexuality right and so the fact that temps 
see us as or experience as asexual, um, you know, part of it is like, you know, that's a natural defense because I don't want to have sex with them anyway. Mm. But yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know that not only as as somebody who's disabled, not only as somebody who's non-binary, not only as somebody who is Black, uh, I don't believe or have not experienced a world in which uh, sexuality, as I understand it, is celebrated and brought forward, right? That, that mm-hmm. nasty, freaky, uh, prince sexuality, that, that intimate, deep sexuality with a partner um that is not something or several partners or whatever your kink is right that's not a that's not an experience that i've had in the states where i've had any kind of training or suggestion that that's what ought to be mm-hmm. if anything it's been repressed do you know what i mean and not just yes. for me for the temps as well for the temps as well okay so i'm, I'm gonna say it again somebody doing too much in the back is yeah. it one, one of us is like putting dishes away or something. I don't know what that is, but. Uh, and the lovely thing about, um, about Zoom is that I don't have like individual audio files. So this is just going to be. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Oh, wow. So stop putting your dishes away. <laughs> <laughs> be still. Yes. Be still. <laughs> so, Rosani. If you can, if you can, if, you're, if your right. disability allows it. Right. Do how do you view yourself, uh, or do you view yourself as a sexual being? I don't view myself any different mm-hmm. than I did like ten years ago. I'm the same person with the same sexual needs. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, if there's a spectrum, I would place. I, I don't even know how to say this. Like I'm just as sexual as I was before everything took over before the chair before everything so it's uh i just have to find my way around the limitations mm-hmm. mm, yeah that's another good that answers your question i don't even <laughs> right i like that just finding your way around yeah. these things because at the end of the day, nothing's changed. Right. Exactly. I'm just the same person with the exact same needs. Right. right. You, you just have to do things a little differently, which is okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Carrie? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. No, I was just saying, like, um, to me, sex, my sex isn't just the actual act of penetrating or in the divorce or whatever you know for me it's like a pat on the back as you know like a back rub mm-hmm. and it all starts there because sex does not start and end in the bedroom that's not yes. with it i tell my husband all the time like it starts in the living room you know it starts the minute you walk in yes you know so excellent point absolutely yeah for me like it, it, it's all important the rub on the back, the kiss, everything's as important as what happens on the bed mm-hmm. or on the desk or on the chair or on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it could stay in the living room too. It ain't got to get to the bedroom, you know. Exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's 100% correct, Rosani, that it begins way before you lay down and, you know, 
decide, hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. It, began, it begins with, with just the caring and just loving who you're with, your partner, and just letting them know that, hey, you know, I, I'm attracted to you. I'm, I'm, you know, I want like, there are things that you do that turn me on. And exactly. Just, just regular. And right. You still right. feel like you have that swag, right, Carrie? Absolutely. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> I mean, I think I might have been a little over too too much, maybe a little overconfident. But I, I never, I never changed that perspective of who I felt I was or who, you know, I, that confidence just always was there, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even though, like, you know, with the. Um, the positioning and stuff like that, that gets difficult. And that is something that me and my wife will have to discuss and, and beforehand. And, and also I, I let her know sometimes, hey, I, I, I can't do that today. <laughs> Let's try right. something. So, right. you know, you have to keep that open connection and let your partner know. Yeah, you have to, right. like it's keeping it real to the hundred percent. You have to be as honest and real as possible because if you're you're pretending you can do that, and then when time comes, you can't. Then right, you don't know then. So well, yeah. and it's an extension of consent as well, right? I mean, it yes. it really is just taking that conversation, uh, and and. It's part of, I think, why it's very important and why I'm very grateful that, for instance, my child is growing up in a world where without a, a, an open and vocal and active conversation around anyone even touching your body, mm-hmm. they, they do not have permission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, that's where you give them permission and and being in a body that is disabled or temporarily abled either way being able to have that wherewithal to give active consent and to learn the language of consent as a lover do you mm-hmm. like that how does that feel would you like something else right exactly. um, yeah. that takes a level of vulnerability again, right, and I talked about this last time we were talking, the power of vulnerability in, in, in both parties or multiple parties mm-hmm. having that very, very clear agreement, right? Uh, we're all here, and at the end of the day, we two, we three are leaving here together. I alone am leaving here, and right. this is why we were here, right? And if everybody knows that that's what's up, then okay, we're good, we're right. good. And active, open, vocal consent, and the same thing with our bodies. I'm, I am able to, I'm willing to, I'm wanting to do X, Y, and Z, and I, I, that's what I've got for you right now. Are you down, mm-hmm. right? Um, is always the key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we got mouths. We can work it out. And I was just, I was just about to say that, that because Rosani said it, sex is more than just, the penetration it's more than that you know Mm -hmm. it's we have mouths we have hands we can be creative and Mm -hmm. it it isn't always about just getting this into a hole or getting that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that that ultimate feeling um 
for, I, I will even use myself as an example and answer the question. Um, I view, I do view myself as a sexual being probably now at post diagnosis more, more so than ever. And I say that because I'm able to live authentically. I'm able to be me and then not be shamed and have this transparency. So I was having this conversation with my, my guy or my person. Uh, and it was like the most intimate conversation that we've had. And well, probably one of them, but it was like just this wonderful dialogue. And I felt like this is the best connection I, I've felt with him. And it got turned on, huh? Got turned on. Huh? I, I did. <laughs> Goddamn straight. You did. I did. Goddamn he, straight. You did. He got into my head and then I was able to get into his head. And then, like you said, it's like, it opens that door for. That's awesome. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah. But one thing that I think is important to talk about. So on this call, you know, Carrie and Rosani are both married. Don, you, you know, have a person, important person. person. <laughs> Same with Carlos. Someone you fucking, someone you fucking. <laughs> right. But <laughs> let's take a step back, though, and think about people who do not have a current intimate partner and who are interested in starting something up. Mm -hmm. Th that's a whole different yes. other ball game. Completely you mean with another person, or yes, or, who or, doesn't know? Oh, okay, right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. With another person, like that's a whole completely other ball game. Because, yeah. like, when you're in a situation with another person, like you guys have already have some sort of rapport, and it's a matter of changing that, adapting it, altering it, what have you. But when you are starting from ground zero. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. And Don, oh, you sure. and I talked about this um, the other day. I think then this whole idea of self-love and self-acceptance is amplified, has to be amplified times a million. Because if you don't know yourself, know your boundaries, know who you are and love who you are, there's no hope for a truly safe situation. Mm -hmm. And I say mm -hmm. safe because, you know, and uh, back to the conversation that we were, do were having, Don. Well, you know, there are lots of people out there who have fetishes for people with disabilities who just want to have sex with somebody who is in a wheelchair or is, you know, what have you. And if you're both into that, fine. But there's so much room for people being taken advantage of, especially... Mm -hmm if they feel vulnerable and they don't right. love themselves and they just want attention, yep. it's complicated. And true. yeah. And I think that that's something that needs to be acknowledged. And I mean, that's a whole other series in and of itself, mm -hmm. but yeah. And I think that's when, not that self-love isn't important when you have a consistent partner because it absolutely is, but it's a whole different thing if you don't. And you are interested in starting up a situation um, with another person. So, so yeah. do you view yourself as a sexual being? Well, I mean, absolutely. I nothing. Nothing. Have you seen this girl's gram? Have you seen this girl's gram? <laughs> 
Le- yeah, nothing. Sexy as shit. Come on now, stop. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. Um, yeah, nothing has changed. However, what I will say is that, like, it's been a while since I've been in a sexual relationship, and my, uh, I don't want to say abilities because that's not even it, but like what I, like my mobility has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that, in the, and again, if that doesn't change like who I am, what I want to do, you know, this, that, and the other, but like it changes what that looks like to me mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. that would look like. And so, yeah, it, it, it's a, a scary thing. It Absolutely. is. Um, so yeah, so like to answer the question, absolutely I see myself as a sexual being. That has never changed and it won't. But, you know, it's back to, you know, what Dr. Ducharme said in the slides. Like don't try to recreate the past. Like it's really opening up your mind and figuring out what you're going to do with what you've got now. So that's kind of where I am figuring it out. Walking towards mm. something else, yeah. towards another another goal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, with that said, um, Carlos, you had touched on a really good point when you know, really pointing out the fact that we really aren't in an over hypersexualized society if we really think about what sexuality is. That being right. said, how do you think that? we can approach changing the sexual paradigm and the sexual intimacy paradigm in the society, especially as it relates to people with disabilities or with chronic illnesses? That's a totally loaded question, but it's a good one. <laughs> Where do we begin? So I guess, you know, as, as, for me, as I reflect on that, I think back to uh, earlier conversations that we were having, right? And and uh, conversations around uh, radical self-love and around loving our bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 what was the episode on which we, we had interviewed Sonia? I don't remember. It was back in season two, episode 44, There Is No Normal Body. Right. And, and as you, even as you were talking, I was thinking about not only the, the idea of radical self-love, which is very different than, than self-acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, it is not the same to say, okay, I accept this part of myself, of my body, mm-hmm. it, as it is to say, no, this is part of me and I love this. This mm-hmm. is who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we, I think, again, have an advantage to understanding that piece of it, uh, that everybody again has to come across because everybody's going to age. Everybody's mm-hmm. body is degenerating. Everybody's body is not the body that they would have presented when they were 20, right. when they were 30, and it's not going to be the same when we're 60, mm-hmm. if we're lucky enough to get that age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and to that point, I don't think that <clears throat> I hear from septuagenarians who are sexually active that that desire does not go anywhere then either but that it it is a matter of ability now Mm -hmm. there's a larger peer group if you are dealing with people the same age right Mm -hmm. uh there is a commonality and a shared experience 
that that does make it different. But whether that shared experience exists or not, each of us is still in our individual bodies and our disabilities and our race and our gender are going to continue to be with us. And all of those things and our understandings of them are going to continue to evolve through our lives. Right. Right. And so the more, you know, honestly, I don't want to sound like a cornball and I do not want to sound like a self-help guru because it does not help my career. But I want to say that the radical self-love that truly, truly, truly is necessary and it takes time, right? It's not a snap your fingers and, oh, okay, I'm just going to love myself and now it's fixed. Right. But the more you're able to truly embrace yourself, meaning forgiving yourself, forgiving your inner child, forgiving your disability, loving your disability, loving your inner child, loving yourself gives you the ability to be loved and to be seen and to appreciate being seen wholly. And that includes whatever physical limitations or disabilities or changes we may experience, right? Whatever those be, whatever those be. So I just, I, you know, I, I don't know. And maybe it's a poly. I, and I guess I would put it, I, I would put out an, an additional question because I, I am also speaking from a place of ridiculous, ridiculous advantage and privilege in terms of my, uh, my luck with my mobility so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't even know if that's a fair statement. And I, I guess I would, I would ask that to the group in particular, those who are, who are limited and who are in chairs. Is, is that even realistic what I'm saying? Or do I just sound like some Pollyanna, uh, uh, Tinkerbell trying to sprinkle good vibes on everything. You know, like as I'm listening to you, I mean, I think that it's yes times a million to what you said. How you know, in the context of its importance, you have to absolutely radically love yourself. It's way more than just accepting, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I can do. Blah blah blah. Like it, it, it is. It does require a radical shifting of perspective straight from the root. With that said, though, I think that while it's like yes times a million to what you said, it's mm-hmm. hard times a million when oh, yeah. you have, you know, limitations that are, you know, when you have limitations, when you don't have yeah, the go there, privilege go there, of an able body. So, yeah, I mean. No, take me to task. I'm serious. I'm, like, I'm trying well, no. to get my head around this, too. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very, e- I think it's easy. And you don't sound like a cornball at all in saying oh, that because you're absolutely right and correct. But it's like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear you. But I'd like to see what that looks like. And it's hard because, you know, Don and I talk about it all the time, how much representation matters. And not just in the context of race, but ability and all of that. And when you don't have visual representations or tangible representations, it's nearly impossible to really wrap your mind around. That's just me and my, my thoughts. I don't know. Rosanne, thank you. You gave me chills on my head. Oh, (laughs) thank you. When there's 
lack of representation, I find that there's a lot of self-doubt because no, no, that person doesn't look like me or what we see on mm -hmm. in the media or on TV or whatever. They don't look like me. They don't represent me. So mm. how is this going to be normalized if I'm just like, I don't know how to say it, but if I'm such a rarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going to be normal, right? yeah. That is such I a completely agree. Completely yeah. agree with both of them, and and simply because I'm in a chair, eighty five percent of the times as far as moving around, and 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 uh, self love is is very important because it's a depressing lifestyle, you know. Everybody mm -hmm. else when when we're when it's normal when it's not COVID and everybody's running around outside and and I'm scooping back and forth to the mailbox and to my door it, it can get depressing if I allow that but my opinion of of myself and where I'm headed and and just my importance to my family and and, and you know and to myself I feel like listen I am this is me this is what I'm dealing with right now don't worry about it I'm still kicking this ass and I'm doing what I'm, uh, I'm doing, and I love myself. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, depress the depression is serious, so that happens from time to time. And you try to to catch it when when you hit when you see it coming in, and you try to you know figure a way around it because that can bring you down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go. Right, mm -hmm. and I think too, and you know, I talk about this all the time that when we talk about the idea of disability it's not so much that i'm disabled because my legs don't work or whatever i'm disabled because society disables me because right. i can't get up those fucking stairs and there's no elevator that's why where's I'm the disabled. ramp yeah where's exactly. the ramp yeah so it's not a matter of well, of course yeah like i have these limitations but society is what limits me from doing what I need to do and then and thinking about this you know talking about representation um the fact that you know like rosani was saying we don't see ourselves represented and other people don't see us represented so it's like you're kind of like that unicorn and it's like no you know yeah it, it's complicated they haven't but, normalized what disability looks no like. Mm -hmm. and and the thing is too and, and we don't talk about it mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like one of those it's an unspoken well first of all ableism as we know is like the lat well not the last but one of the last acceptable forms of discrimination it just is and we all know that um but we don't talk about it and don't call it out um and i think we need to start doing that i mean i applaud you carlos i mean you and and I appreciate you acknowledging the privilege that you have, but even just the whole idea of temps like that is people need to see themselves in that way. Girl, don't it feel so good in your mouth to say that though? Temps. It does. Just leave them at that. Right. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I, I'm, this shit's going to spread. I'm, I'm spreading this. Right. Because they do need to understand. We all do need to understand. And you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's nothing that anybody can say. Like, if I call you a temp, you're like, a temp. And when it gets explained to you what that is, it's like, well, 
damn. Yeah. You what know, yeah. there's nothing anybody can say to refute that. Um, uh, temporarily able, you know, like to, to just refer. Uh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I got I got tired of, of trying to explain my invisible disability or to justify it uh, and to explain to people. Right. Uh, that for all of what they perceive of me to be what they understand to be normal, that I live a completely spoony life when I'm home, right? Uh, if I do and extend myself and, and uh, give a, a training, whatever, at the end of the day, after dinner, I have to come home and I have to spoon on the bed. And, and if I'm having a, 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 any kind of a flare, and the pain is there, I'm done. I'm in that spoon position 100%. You know, and temporarily abled people, or people, I, I don't know what else, I think there's something else they used to call themselves or they do call themselves, but I've honestly forgotten at this point. I um, used to work in a school where the students called each other tabs, so temporarily able-bodied. So, okay. yeah, I thought it was incredible, actually. And that yeah. was when I was not in a wheelchair, I was just using a cane. But they referred to, they had an after school program called Helping the Tabs. And I was like, oh, what wow. Yes. There you go. I like that too. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That is, that's probably less mean. That's probably <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit less spiteful and petty. Uh, but I'm, I am yes. a petty bitch. And so. <laughs> You're I own that. Saying, your term is saying "fuck you" to the able-bodied. So uh, I don't a know little bit. Go there. <laughs> uh, able-bodied. That's what they call themselves. They don't call themselves temporarily, but they yeah. call themselves able-bodied, right? Or abled, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's where hearing that, and being a part of our community, and and recognizing myself as part of our community is where I did get that. You know, because I walk where I. You know, I'm a black person. Mm -hmm. So I do have a chip and, right. and extending it to the able-bodied, including my former self and, and being so upset with myself at the positionality that I took uh, is exactly that, that, that place that that came from. It really did come from that fuck you, uh, mostly to me. Uh, but I, yes. I still like to, I still like to extend it around. I, I think there's room for it. Um, totally. It, I, um, Rosani, I think it was not this past um, part one of this, but I think it was in the conversation with you and Carlos. I'm um, talking about the fact that before you were in a chair and before you needed accommodations, you were totally enabled. Uh, Person, able-bodied, clueless person, and yes. I put myself in the same shoes. It's like, damn, like Dana, you are like a bitch. Like, I know, you know what I'm I saying? Like, yes, totally. Yeah. I, mean, I remember I walked like two seniors across the street, but that's the most I ever did. Right. Exactly. You know, like I didn't care that there was no ramps. I didn't care that yes. the um, opening the automatic door open wasn't working. Yes, I was right. just on my way. Right. I didn't care that bathroom stalls were so ti were tiny and didn't have accessibility for chairs or, yeah. 
you know, for you to, yeah. a space for you to put your cane. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's, it's sort of like, and, and Carlos, I'm glad you said that, like using the word temp, it's like, I feel like I'm using it as a fuck you to me, to my former self, because I was that yes. temp yes. who required um, a talking to, like get over yourself and humble yourself because it's just temporary. Completely agree. Yeah. I, I remember seeing people, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, so it's like people on top of people. But I remember seeing people that were like, you know, in scooters and came young guys. Mm-hmm. And I used to make fun, like, ah, look at that nigga, he got shot, ah, what a fool, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then years later, when it was me, I was like, man, you're, you're so dumb. You don't even know mm-hmm. right. what was going on with that dude. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tabs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Tabs. Yeah. I I, yep. I do like the, I I must say though I do like the humanity of tabs. Tabs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tabs, yeah. Like, I, yeah. It's like you know it's like the good whites and the whites. You you know we know what we're saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We know what we're saying. Uh, like and this. and uh, in that sense, the good whites are tabs. So I like it. I like that. I like that quite a lot. Thank you for introducing that idea tabs and tabs. Uh, for me. I like both. Yeah, I like them both. Tabs and tabs. Yeah, I like temps when people are questioning your disability and asking, why are you at the grocery store at 7 a.m.? It's like, right. you freaking right. wacko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Like, use your imagination. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, but it boils down to compassion. We just don't live in a compassionate society. And if you're not blonde, thin, big boobs, then this society has nothing to do with you. They don't want to talk to you. You you have nothing to offer. I'm in a wheelchair with small boobs. Nothing's helping me. (laughs) 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 Nothing is helping. (laughs) But, no, but our bodies are not celebrated. That's the problem that I have. I, mm-hmm. We don't have these images. We just don't mm-hmm. of, of beautiful women in chairs or mm-hmm. in uh, using canes an, or walkers. I think there's an Instagram page with like all these hot models sitting on chairs. I don't know if they're actually um, physically disabled, but I've seen it. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody uh, I is attempting. Like so, there's a hashtag, uh, disabled people are sexy, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it is uh, disabled folks. Okay. Um, and it's disabled folks who are just owning their sexy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just folks, it's, it's us. Yeah. It's us yeah. just okay. out there saying, fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. that shit. We, we are yeah. sexy, right? The other yeah. thing that it was making me think and realize is, 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 you know, not realize for the first time, certainly, but it's one of these uh, re-realizations that, that, that we have, right? Um, and, and I've been having it in two areas. areas. Uh, one, of course, is that in the, in the aftermath of uh, Black Panther and the return of white media, and there being so much of it now that we are uh, home, uh, I'm deep in the Ozark. I, I I'll be honest. Uh, is that that we do not have representation, right? And we have to cast ourselves into these things. But the other side of that is that it is a false representation that's being given, 
right? Mm-hmm. A false narrative that's being given. And it's not that we've been forgotten. We have not been forgotten. We've been buried. Because again, yeah. we make temps uncomfortable. They don't like seeing us because they, it, they, I think there is an instinctual recognition that this could be you. Yes. A fear around that, a eugenicist fear mm-hmm. that is truly born of white supremacy mm-hmm. that is not very far from the fear that is being expressed around uh, the vaccine for instance, that, that is being developed for COVID-19, mm-hmm. uh, and particularly by the whites, right? The conspiracy theory by mm-hmm. folks of color and brown folk uh, that is also born of fear is born of a, 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 an historical reality, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing uh, to say that there isn't a reason to have had that fear in the past and also for especially the youngs trying to explain to them listen, this is not that, this is not then, and things have evolved to a place where that is not what's happening right now. This is not just keep, right? But for the whites and the anti-vaxxers, running for, you know, dealing with the fear that they hold that somehow if I vaccinate myself, my child, they are going to end up having Down syndrome. They are going to end up being disabled. And their idea that somehow that is a worse fate Mm-hmm. than death yep absolutely like, that is worse than all of us dying yeah your child right. have you met an autistic person That's right great. Great. Yep. yeah what are you talking about they just tell the truth all the time what are you talking exactly. about right do you know what i mean that that, <laughs> that it is wrapped up so deeply in that and so deeply ingrained but I do. I think you're right. I think we we have to, and I don't know what we can do. I'm in here. Five of us sitting here doing this bullshit again. I, why? Mm-hmm. But who? How do we elevate that representation to the point of not, you know, this tokenistic like, hey, and have yeah. a friend in a wheelchair, right? But like, right. how do we truly show the range of disability? Right, I mean, first, what's going to happen is abled actors and temps are going to fucking play us, mm-hmm. right? But how do we get to the point that we actually get the opportunity to just be there and yeah. not even necessarily have it be part of the conversation because we don't always talk about it. Here we talk about it, right? But I don't all day sit around talking about my sexuality or my MS. No, right, well, exactly. But a lot of people don't. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It's like where will we? When will we get to a point where, let's say, you've got a character who's in a wheelchair, and the whole episode isn't about the fact that this person is in a wheelchair. They're just living their lives on yes. date or whatever, just living their lives, and not like, okay, the episode is, you know, Jane is in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah. Or, or John Jane dates- in the wheelchair go to the movies. Does she right, have to pay a right. ticket? She's in her damn chair. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, when is it just normal, just living our lives? Like, not the, yes. the point of, yeah. Yeah. It's always, they always show the struggle. They never show something smooth. So I want to be like that too, like just a character. Going yeah. But it can't be like that because of all the barriers. Yes. yes. And the intentional barriers, right? Because it's, I was thinking about that too when you were saying when you were talking about the the lack of access. I mean, it's like there's a moat built around this Shangri-La 
of whatever it is that the temps believe that they have that's so fucking great and they just don't want anybody else to touch it and dirty it and sully it just like what the fuck is wrong with people and you know and again i've been one i was a temp Mm -hmm. but uh jesus the training that we are given to again not not ignore but to literally bury the reality that mm-hmm. we exist right you're yep. not supposed to see it you're not supposed and if you do see it it's supposed to be oh so mm-hmm. sad right right as opposed Maybe. to just look, cool chair you know uh, right sorry you were saying carrie no, I'm saying it's mainly you ignore it or just there's no lack, there's no empathy at all. It's just like, all right, they're over there. That's their life. They're living that and and stay out of my way. Like in New York, mm-hmm. when I was living in New York and I was slowing down and, and, I, and people were literally stepping over me just mm-hmm. to, you know, just to get by because it's like a fast pace. And here you go, you're going slowly, slowly and mm-hmm. they have no time for that. There's no empathy and there's no you know, yeah. No oh, I hope. remember doing that. I remember doing that, being such a bitch, just zigzagging through uh, exactly. uh, mm-hmm. human traffic because I'm yes. like, yo, I need to make it. And you're walking too damn slow, you know? Yep. And now I think back and I'm like, shit, I was a damn. Like, mm-hmm. we don't think that until I started walking slow. And I've mm-hmm. seen people doing that. And I'm like, damn. Yep. Have you all ever noticed that you might be in a store? And so you're there and then somebody like cuts you off or walks in front of you and then they turn their head and look over their shoulder like, oh, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like a dismissive look. Has that ever happened to you all? That I had somebody when I was, wait, I was actually slowly making my way to the cash, but some lady beat me to it. She just like overstacked me and like, I don't know. She, uh, she, meet, she beat me to the cashier and the cashier was like, I think she was first and she that look on her face was priceless like a dumb bitch there's a line I was making it to the line I might be slower but I was getting to the line exactly get your ass to the back yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a 10 yeah that's that's a 10 anything can be a curse word if you say it the right way right (laughs) that's true Oh, wow. Wow. But I a- these limitations in the rest of my life that make me want to hold on so badly to my like to my sexuality, my sex drive. And, and these are one of the things I can control. You yep. know, well, I'm I'm not speaking for everybody, but for me, I feel like this is what I want to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let this slide because I look at old pictures of myself and I'm like, if only I had kept up with my physio. If only I had been doing this and I hate myself for it. So mm-hmm. right now I want to enjoy what I do have control over. And yep. that's the stuff that happens in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, Here. because we still have control over every part of who we, who we are on the inside. I, yeah. I identify as a female, a black female, a woman, a feminine uh, being. And so I enjoy all of that. I enjoy all that comes with being feminine and I like walking in my feminine energy and it's okay. And just because I'm disabled doesn't mean that it it isn't something that should be looked at as, as abnormal. 
because I'm normal, just like the rest of us. So in whatever energy and more normal. Right. Yeah. 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 And whatever energy you want to present or exude. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is a really deep and necessary conversation for sure. And I think last time when we, we got off, we were asking about if we talked to our doctors about sex and mm, stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nature. And I absolutely, when I see my, well, once I moved to Florida, I saw um, like maybe four different neurologists. And one of them is the one I'm currently on. And he's great. And, but the one before him, I asked him for, you know, I told him I was having, you know, sexual issues and, and the Viagra, and, and he gave me that, and that was trash. But the new guy, the guy that, that is my current neurologist, we, um, we spoke openly about it, and then we decided Cialis can help with the bladder urgency and with the, you know, the ED and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So we went with that. And that's been the greatest thing in life since, you know, <laughs> the MS. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic like it's it's whenever you're ready you're ready and if you want you know and, and you don't have to run to the bathroom as often so it's the greatest thing i recommend it for anybody with with men pretty much with, with bladder you know bladder urgency and erectile dysfunction that thing works so viagra was trash but cialis is to yeah, me, it was a game player like, that gotcha. Yeah, because I'm uh-huh. believe you know a lot of people will for my but to me it mm-hmm. was not. Man, it was just a blue pill that was a waste of time. <laughs> you know? Now All you're right, the Energizer so Bunny, the spe- right? Folks across the spectrum with with the penis. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, control and penal control all at once. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and that, that, that was honestly the way I'm calling it is exactly how I think my uh, neurologist um, presented it and how I also received it. It was like, listen, we're killing two birds with one stone right mm-hmm. here. Let's, let's go for it. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. I'm glad that you had that open conversation and we're able to say hey this is what's going on and then they can prescribe yeah. you know and work with you to see what mm-hmm. fits yeah that's well, excellent yeah i think i think it's just the patient you know, myself i'm not, not patting myself on my back but you gotta it's what you want right yep. you're the boss of these people and and yeah. you need to treat them like your employees and this is what i need this is yep. this is what i'm dealing with and this is what how do we resolve this and you have to approach them with that confidence and, and let them know, like, this is, I right, know, we're not talking about my tingling, my sciatica. I'm talking about right. this one. Right. So right. You got to bring that to them. And, and again, my common neurologist, the Cuban doctor, he's awesome. He was all, he's receptive. He's like, so we want to talk about that? Okay. Let's go. You know, the other, <laughs> yep. guy, other guy was like, an uh, old white guy that gets paid for, you know, talking about MS and he's trash. But either way, I'm not gonna say his name or anything, but this huh. guy was trash. He was terrible, and 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 he just gave me, hey, 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 all right, here, here, take these um mm-hmm. prescription for Viagra and see how it works, and you know, it was trash. Well, yeah, yeah, and not only do we, you know, have to advocate for ourselves, but also holding them accountable. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and not being afraid to hold them accountable because you're right. They work for us. They work so, for us. Yeah. And that's the way yeah. we've got to approach it. And carrying the confidence that you're building and that you have, knowing that you have to advocate for yourself. You have to speak up because if you don't, you, you won't get the outcome that you're looking for to. or the desire, yeah. what you desire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. The closest yeah. I got to speaking with my neurologist about any type of sex was when I was um, considering birth control. And mm. uh, that's when I was like thinking of the IUD. Mm-hmm. And I know that it interacted with some of my medications that I was on. That's another thing when um, the birth control interacts with, you have to check if, if you're on any medications that it interacts with. Uh, so then my uh, neurologist, he looked into it. He did research for me. I mean, that's that's rare. I find that I have to do a lot of my research mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he did the research for me and was like, go ahead, go out there and have lots of raw sex. That's what he said. I love that. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for supporting my lifestyle. <laughs> oh. Have okay. y'all seen uh it's on Netflix right now. It's Crip Camp. Yes. Oh my god. Oh yes. me and Dana were just so good. over that. It's on yeah. my list to right? watch. Is it yes. really good? It's, yes. very it's good. so good. So and the so reason good. that I'm thinking of it right now, well, it's a it's a camp for disabled kids, right? Really? <clears throat> and the reason that this is making me think of it is the reminder to, again, newly disabled folk that doctors have been dealing with this. And what makes me think of that is that the kids at this camp are the horniest, grossest yes. fucking kids. <laughs> yes. Just spreading STDs all over each other. Oh, yeah. Just STIs, I apologize. Uh. Do you know? And, 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 and they're, they're proud of it. Do you know what I'm saying? They're like, no, listen, <laughs> yeah. we get STIs too, motherfucker. This is our life. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're living our whole life. Right. <laughs> and they're doing this at the, at the appropriate age. Right. And I, you know, kids fuck. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. But exactly. knowing that the doctors know. And so for okay. newly disabled folks, all of these these taboos around, ooh, can I talk about the positionality? Can I talk about what I'm experiencing? Can I talk about uh, if, if you contract an SCI? Let's say you're living your best horse life. Why not? Fuck it. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. How, yeah. How, what sorts of protections do I need? How, you know, what is my regular testing schedule? Uh, all of these very open questions. The doctors have heard it. <laughs> They've heard mm-hmm. it. They know. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So we're new to this. They're not. Right. They're yeah, not. That is an excellent this is point. Yeah. I, I actually have you. a story I'd love to share if you guys don't yeah. mind any other Please. time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one day I went in for, this was about a few years ago, went in for a pap smear. And I got a call the next day. My um, OB guy called me and said, you need to come in right away. So I went in and she said, uh, well, you, she said I had an STI and I thought, how I only have one partner Mm -hmm. and she said, you know what, call him, get him to come in. Oh, shit. (laughs) So my husband, he was, he happened to be on break 
So I was like, you have to come to the office. And oh, man. You have, yes. And my OB-GYN went off on him. She went off on him. She was like, how could you do this to her? Like she was my sister right there. I was like, yes. And then um, my husband was like, no, 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 there's something wrong. And then we had a retest. And it turns out that was a false, like something went wrong. With me. Oh, my God. <laughs> false positive. But the fact that she was just like, like they were not even going to think somebody in a wheelchair could have an STI, could cheat, could be out there having promiscuous sex. It's just like, I was wondering. Uh, wow. Right to your husband. Like, right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Get him over there. Right, um, right. Exactly. I felt bad for him after, but. I mean, she was totally on my side. And that, that's what you call a tab. And that's yes. what you need. Totally. Yes. Yes. Totally. Like, wow. why are you talking to my husband? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he wow. could have been looking at you with a side mm-hmm. eye. Like, what were you doing when I was Thank at work? You. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, I want a doctor who advocates for me like that. Like, nope. Yeah, I want you like a therapist. Like, fuck right. everybody else. It's you and me. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got this. But, yeah. but the, yeah. the fact awesome. that that's awesome. I think it's really good. But the fact that I think Rosani was saying it could have been her that was promiscuous, that's you know? Yes. Oh, say word, say this, word. 2020, yeah. once all this coronavirus is over, like I'm I'm gonna get my game on. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know your husband's probably looking at you like, um, excuse me, right? <laughs> I love wow. it. Thank this you all so good. much. Yeah, this this was such a full conversation. I enjoyed every moment of it, and um, yeah, I we just can't thank you enough for your time and for your yes. stories and your energy, everything, your honesty and your vulnerability. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks so much. So, uh, with that being said, where can people find you, uh, Rosani? Online. I'm on Facebook um, under Rosani Christie. And I'm on Instagram at Rosani.Christie. What about you, Carrie? All right. I'm on Instagram. Again, let me just check. But um, my name is at SpiceManKMD on Instagram. And that's S-P-I-C-E-M-A-N-K-M-D. Thank you. And Carlos, you can make it do what it do. Uh, I'm at places, uh, let's see, on Facebook. I am by my name, Carlos Kareem Wyndham. On Instagram, uh, that is uh, El Caballo Negro. Uh, e L C A B L C A L L O N E G R O El Caballo Negro. Uh, for those who are monolingual, El Caballo Negro. I guess is what you would say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, on Twitter, it's the same thing without the El Caballo Negro on Twitter and uh, on Facebook uh, five days a week now for as long as we are locked down together. Uh, I am hosting a little live stream called Smoke and Mirrors. Uh, we blowing trees at 420 PST. And right. Yes, people, check it out. Race. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a good time. Just goofing around. Yeah, <laughs> yes, man, it's yes. a good time. Yes, check it out. I miss the stage. I miss the stage. So uh, if I wasn't talking to y'all there and here, I would be talking to the walls of my apartment. So I'm very <laughs> grateful for these opportunities. So thank you. Yes, thank all of you. I think that this is a conversation that doesn't need to stop here. You know, like, yeah, this is something that needs to continue and yeah, I appreciate all of your vulnerability. It's not easy to yeah. talk about, but yeah. you got to do it. So, yeah. Fuck them tips. <laughs> 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 On that note, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.